Hello, welcome to Stories for Wonderful Children, the podcast where I share the recordings of the bedtime stories I've improvised for my children over the years. I'm Dan Wendelin, your host and storyteller. Today's story continues the tale of Dak's quest to find the mysterious mermaid he met several years before. It was originally told in September of 2008, and I hope you enjoy it. Dak and Captain Goldring and the crew sailed all through that night and through much of the next morning. And about midday the next day, Dak was at the front of the ship, and the mermaid pointed ahead and said, sort of in her sing-song voice, Do you see where the water changes color? And Dak said, Yes. That is where the territory of the deep lobsters begins. I must leave you now. It is not safe. And I would advise you that you should give up this attempt you can only come to tears. Well, thank you, said Dak. But I have to know. The ship sailed on, and Dak could see the water changing color below them. The bottom seemed to come rise up towards the ship as the water got somewhat shallower. But as it got shallower, it strangely deepened to a deeper blue color, which was strange because usually water got lighter in color as it got shallower. There was nothing to see, though. They sailed, and then they turned and sailed along another direction, all the guards peering over the edge of the ship. And after they had sailed back and forth until almost sunset, Captain Goldring said, My lad, I'm really not sure that there's anything to see here. And Dak said, But the mermaid said that this was where the deep lobsters were. Aye, mermaids can be tricksy sometimes, lads. Lad, uh, have you considered that she might have just been telling you a story? <sighs> Dax said, well, I hadn't before now, but I suppose that's a possibility. <sighs> he said, well, let's search until sunset, at least. Aye, lad. You're the prince. And so they searched until the sun had gone down. And then they took the sail down, but they turned the ship back towards the tropical island where her parents were. Because, where Doc's parents were, because they could not think of anything else to do at that point. The guards all went downstairs to play cards. But Dak stayed up on deck, walking around on dark night, sometimes still peering over the side of the ship. It was on one of those trips to decide to peer over that he saw something curious. As he looked over, he saw light in the water. Now, at first, he thought that it was just the stars or the moon reflecting in the water, but as he looked, he saw that it was not, and that there was not just one light. But many, they seem to be down below, at the bottom. He called out, he called, Captain Goldring, Captain Goldring! Aye, lad, what 
we found. Look. Captain Goldring came to the edge of the ship and he said, What in the blazes would that be? Shiver me timbers. I've sailed the seven seas all my life, lad. I've never seen anything like that. Well, Dak said, let's stop. Aye, but uh, what will we do next? I'm really not sure, said Dak. Maybe if we drop the anchor, we could get their attention. Oh, aye, that'd get their attention. We'd likely knock them out with the hangar, with the anchor, and then they'd come swarming up here if they weren't friendly. I've no desire to have a night fight on me hands, lad. Not that I'm afraid of a good fight, mind you. It makes, uh, makes you know you're alive, but still, let's not be picking a fight if we don't have to. Dak nodded. All right, he said. I guess I'll just have to do this. And with that, he took off his boots and he dove over the side. As he dove over the side, he had the most curious feeling. And for a moment... Besides being wet, of course. For a moment, he couldn't quite place what it was. And then he recognized it. The feeling he had was the same feeling he'd had when he had swum underwater with the beautiful blonde mermaid holding his hand. Experimentally, Dak opened his mouth just a little bit to the water. He found that he could breathe it wondered how this could be, and then he felt the shell on his chest warm just slightly, and he thought again, oh, thank you, Shan. With that, he swam back up to the surface and popped his head. As he came above the water, he heard Captain Goldring shouting orders, where you be, lad? Quick, boys, over the side. We've got to get him out. Queen Ea will have my head if we don't come back with Prince Dak in one piece. Dak yelled up, I'm all right. I'm down here, Captain Goldring. It's fine. This shell apparently lets me breathe underwater as well. Well, I lad, but what are you going to do down there? I don't know yet, said Dak. I'll figure it out when I get there. Stay here. I'll be back. And he dove under the water he swam down to the bottom. It was a much longer swim than it looked. And even though he could breathe under the water, the pressure of the water was giving him a headache by the time he reached the bottom and began to approach one of the lights. As he approached the light, he could see that holding it was something that looked a little bit like a horse that was completely covered armor. But the armor wasn't made out of metal. It was made out of a shell. And the shell was a, a deep blue color. But it looked sort of like a shell that you would see on a crab or on a lobster. Ah, I thought Dak, this must be one of the deep lobsters. The thing was holding a lantern in one of its claws. And it had many legs instead of the four that a horse would have. Dak approached it, and the thing turned to face him and said, Halt! Who are you? Identify yourself. I'm Prince Dak, said Dak. Am I to have the honor of addressing one of the deep lobsters? You do. What is your business in our kingdom, overworlder? Well, said Dak, I've come in search 
of a mermaid. The mermaids are no friend of ours. They at least know better than to trespass upon our kingdom, which is more than I can say for you. Yes, said Dak. Well, I will not trouble you long. I am in search of a particular mermaid, one who I think may have tried to trespass through your kingdom several years ago, and he described her, the hair, the blue eyes, the color of the deepest blue sea. Ah, uh, I recognize your description. Yes, we have her. She is our prisoner. Ah, said Doc. Well, I need to see her, and I am willing to do anything or pay anything in order to be able to see her and negotiate for her freedom. I see. Come with me. And the deep lobster turned, and without a strange gracefulness for something as large and armored as it was, it began to move in long flowing leaps across the ocean floor. Dak swam after it, having to swim his very hardest just to keep up. Before long he saw other lights approaching, and there had were a group of deep lobsters with what was the largest of any of them that Dak had seen yet, sitting on a throne made out of coral. The deep lobster on the throne was a brilliant red color. The one that had been escorting Dak swam up to the throne and spoke in quiet, urgent tones for a moment. And then the one on the throne nodded and said, We recognize our fellow sovereign, Prince Dak. You may step forward so that we may negotiate. And Dak said, Yes, I'm Prince Dak. How may I address you? I am King Claw. I rule this land. The deep lobsters are my subjects. I am told that you wish to negotiate for the release of the mermaid who dared to trespass across our lands. Yes, said Dak. My kingdom is a small one, but we do have resources. What is it that you would wish? You have nothing that we would want. We have everything we need here in our underwater kingdom, and none of your overworld or things would last long here in the deep ocean. Well, said Dak, is there nothing? Is there no way that I can secure her release? There is perhaps one thing, said King Claw. Name it, said Dak. Well, we are troubled. By a kraken. A kraken, said Dak. Indeed. We call it by the name the Tsunami. It is a great, terrible kraken, and many of our bravest warriors have fallen trying to defeat it. It troubles my kingdom. It preys upon my subjects. If you rid us of the kraken, I will release your mermaid to you. Very well, said Dak. Where might I find it? When we last spotted it, it was on the eastern edge of my kingdom. You may go there. I'm sure that it will find you before you find it. I wish you fortune. It would be to my benefit to no longer be troubled by the kraken, and certainly worth my while to be worth the value of a single mermaid's ransom. Very well, said Dak. I shall return. Ha, ha, ha. 
We shall see, Overworlder. We shall see. With that, Dak swam back up to the boat, climbed up the anchor chain. Well, laddie, did you meet the deep lobsters then? Yes, said Dak. Well then, uh, so... Captain Coldring looked over the side of the ship. Did they, uh... Did they, uh, have your mermaid then? Yes, said Dak. Ah, uh, well, that's excellent, Pilad. So, uh, where is she? Well, said Dak, they agreed that they'd release her. Oh, well, that's lovely, my boy. We can all be going home soon, then. There's just one thing we have to do first. And what might that be? We have to defeat a kraken called the Tsunami. Ye be daft, boy. You don't have to come with me to do this, said Dak. I'll do it alone. Oh, like that's going to happen. I'd much rather be facing this Tsunami Kraken than be facing your sister if I come home without you, Prince Dak. <sighs> okay, said Dak. Well, let's get a good night's sleep. It sounds like we've got our work cut out for us. Thanks for listening to Stories for Wonderful Children. I created today's story, but heckling and clever commentary were supplied by my children. The theme music was created by Brandon Thompson, and the logo was designed by Silas Wendelin. If you know someone who might enjoy the stories, please tell them about the show. Our website is storiesforwonderfulchildren.com, and preview snippets are posted to most social media. I'm Dan Wendelin, reminding you to tell someone you love a story.